So uh, let's jump right in. Is that cool? If you're ready for the word, clap once. So our word of the year this year is what? Long story short, what that word means for those of you that are in the room that may not know what that means is that where God has placed it here at AWC, we believe that place is perfect. So what we've done in that feeling is that we've totally reduced certain things. Like we've literally canceled Christmas. Like we haven't done any great productions because we believe that what God wants to bring us to is not going to take our energy. It's not going to be out of our effort. But if God has placed us in a place, somebody say it's perfect. So today I'd like to encourage, can somebody say the church? Tonight, yes, there's a transition and a baton that will be passed between Pastor Martin and myself. But I want to make sure that you guys understand that leadership means nothing if there's nobody to lead. So to every covenant partner, to every person a part of, I, I thank you so much for every single person that has traveled. But I got to talk to AWC this morning. Is that all right? Okay, here it is. So our word for this year is what? Which is the process of being placed in a particular attitude or pose. The reason why this is important is because this sermon series called Entrusted has everything to do with God trusting us. But what we've been building in this foundation for the past couple of weeks is that the one way that God allows, uh, I'm sorry, the only tool that God has put in place to, for us to build trust with him is giving. Can somebody say giving? When you give, you are practicing a principle that God honors. So it's, you cannot say that you are a complete, mature Christian if you do not so we also talked about last week what a cheerful giver is. And somebody say, it's the how. Doesn't matter how much, doesn't matter how often, it's about the how. One thing I want to make sure that everybody knows in the room, and even myself included, is this. It's your heart posture towards what you do, not what you do. So the transition is absolutely amazing. It's awesome. We've been uh, going through a process for the past six, seven years, and it's great. But if the baton is dropped, it's not just something that I'm responsible for we're responsible for. It's not a mantle that Joshua is carrying. It's a mantle that we, oh, we, oh, y'all better get with me. Who's carrying it? We are. So let's jump right into the word. So our anchor scripture for this sermon series has to do with the parable of the talents. Now, how many of you guys have ever heard that story before? Now, I want to break this down because today I want to talk to you from a subject called entrust us. Entrust us. What did I say? Entrust us. God very rarely just gives vision to one person. Usually that one person takes that vision and they disseminate it to other people. If you cannot, if you cannot share the vision, then that means that it probably didn't come from God. Because vision that comes from God covers everything. If we do this thing called kingdom correctly, we would no longer have any ministries that are in silos. There is no grace gospel. There is no freedom gospel. There is no boldness gospel. Somebody say there's only one. So since there's only one, that means that if we're in ministry, all of our vision should fold together so that we can cover the entire world. But if we believe that our ministries are better than one another, then this transition can feel like a one-up to other people in the city. So really quick, I know some of my pastor friends are watching today. I want to make sure that you know that AWC, as long as we're here, it's not my vision. I'm carrying the next mantelpiece. So don't look forward to Joshua switching up because of private conversations, because I'm going to look at you silly, and then my dad's going to be there. So I just want to make sure, AWC, you know, tonight the game is not switching up. The formula isn't switching up. We're just adding on another piece to the layer. So I, I just, I want to make sure that you know that the person that you've seen in the last couple of years, somebody said you're going to get the same guy. Here it is, point number one. There is a specific portion of gospel that God has entrusted to us. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a man going on a long trip. How long? Somebody say very long. 
He called, somebody say this with me, together. He called together his servants, and what did he do? He, come on, say it with me. He entrusted whose money? He entrusted whose money? Which means that it wasn't theirs. I've heard this sermon taught many different times that they didn't do the right thing with their money. It is not kingdom for us to believe that anything that we have is ours. God has entrusted each and every one of us with a portion of his plan, which is our purpose. His money to them uh, while he was gone. He gave, uh, he gave five bags of silver to one. He gave two bags of silver to another. And how many did he give to the last guy? One. But I want you to underline this. Because a lot of times when I've heard this taught, people think that the, that the master was, was, was skipping out on the last guy. They can think like, okay, you got five. He got two. Why did I get one? And I want to encourage you today because sometimes you can feel as if God is skipping out on you because you think that he is disproportionate. So, like, you can think that God is giving too much to somebody else and not enough to you, and then we will compare our lives based on what other people have. But if we read the scripture, it didn't have anything to do with how much he loved them. The reason why he gave them, glory to God, was because he divided it in proportion according to what? Their abilities and what else? When he left, he was expecting for them to bring something back. So if we're asking God for purpose, but we're not prepared, your portion will be small. This side of the room is trying to wake up. It's okay. I'll talk. Where's AWC at? Where, where y'all at? Okay. So, so, so if you are not prepared, the portion that you ask for from God will match how ready you are. I'm really not interested in the baton being passed over and AWC being okay with being unprepared and your life being this small. This is not a prosperity gospel. This is not, like, it has nothing to do with poverty. The kingdom of God says 125 times in the Bible that you should give. But all 125 times when it says give, it says that you will always also be given back too. So this conversation of proportion is that we are not taking the vision, we're getting a portion of it. There's no new vision. Love, joy. Um, I'm sorry, love, hope, dominion, and power. We're not changing those. Because if we change those, it's not my money. It's theirs. The reason why you're able to go to the next level is because the person who put you in that position trusts that what they gave you, you won't destroy it. In AWC, we have an opportunity to not just reach this nation, but to reach the world. But look at your neighbor and say, we can't change it. Dividing it into proportion to their abilities, he then left on his trip. If we maintain the pace that was set by our earlier church, we will continue in the same grace that sustained them. One of the biggest issues that we will ever make is when we try to set the pace for our own lives and try to apply God's grace to our pace. That's not how it works. God sets the pace, and under that pace, we are under his grace. So we're not going to speed up. We're not going to slow down. We're not going to switch, flip the script next Sunday. Like what you've been hearing about love, hope, dominion, and power, that's going to be, somebody say sustained. sustained. Because you stop going to your favorite restaurant, even though you like the aesthetic, if they change the recipe. This tastes a little bit different. It doesn't matter how good the server is. If your granny changed up her gravy recipe, you would almost want to throw hands with your grandmama. Oh, if people are like, no, I don't know. Listen. It's the concept of don't touch something that's not broken. I want to ensure you that what they have laid down has lasted 27 years, not because we're just laying down on our backs, but because somebody look at your neighbor and say, it actually works. If we maintain the pace that has already been set by God, 
AWC will be following in a grace that can be sustained. God knows the plan that he has for us. All we have to do is keep going. Somebody say keep going. God will never bless you beyond your preparedness. AWC, where we are, is, a, is, is, is an example of how prepared we are. AWC will not grow because Pastor Joshua knows how to teach sermons and is prepared. AWC grows when other people catch this vision and join AWC because you like the vision. Visions never fail, but people do. The problem is, is that we fall in love with people and then the church becomes iconic and the vision falls. But I just want to make sure that you know that I'm a man first before I'm a pastor. Pastor is not on my birth certificate. My name is not Pastor Joshua. My name is Joshua. So Joshua is going to make mistakes, but the vision never will. The vision never fails. Look at your neighbor say, the vision never fails. So what we are about to walk through, what we are, somebody say we. What we are about to walk through has been prepared for us because we prepared for it. Our ministry will grow, not just because of what the sermons look like in the aesthetic, but because people here in the, in, in the audience, how, lift your hands if you're a part of our organization, if you're a covenant partner, if you serve, if you're a member. If this thing grows, it'll be because of your hand. My job is to do my best to get your hand in the right place using the right energy. That's the reason why we preach kingdom and the purpose every single Sunday. Because we're proving to the world that backwards actually works. That leadership starts from the bottom. That the worst person that you think you can throw away can actually be the person that pushes ministry forward. Does anybody feel like that person this morning? Like you want to be a part of what we're about to do tonight? Okay, it's our transition. Somebody say we vision. Let's go to verse 16. The servant who received the five bags of silver, what did he do? He began to, come on, talk to me. He began to invest the money in what else happened? And did what? Earned five more. I want you to underline began to invest. Next, what happens? The servant with two bags of silver also did what? Went to work. And what did he do? He earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver, what did he do? Dug a hole in the ground and did what? Whose money? The ability that the other two had was proven. That's why they got more. One guy got five because he knew how to invest. The other one got two. Why? Because he knew how to work. AWC in this next season, it's gonna call, we're going to call on you to invest a little bit more time. A little bit more energy. A little bit more of your body and your space. Isn't it interesting that during this entire month of giving, and we've only talked about money one time. Because I honestly believe, and I think this is what's like in Scripture, is that if God can get your heart, giving becomes easy. God doesn't trust you with money. He trusts your heart posture towards his vision. And that, after that happens, he finances his trust for you. If you want more, you should give more. So I just want to make sure that you understand that it's not philanthropic. It's not that we give away in hopes that something happens. The word of God is very specific. It says that when you give according to his promise, it will be given back to you what? Pressed down. Shaking together, and what else? Running over. The reason why something runs over is so that you will never have to go back to another source that can't supply your need. So look at your neighbor and say, invest. It's going to take your time. I refuse to take this mantle, and you believe that Joshua has to do all the work. You're going to have to do, somebody say, the work. Serve. Attend. Tithe. 
these SAT has been what has kept us for 27 years. And if we don't do our part in serving, attending, and tithing, it's not Joshua that will fail. We will fail. So you have to do the work as well. The third man gets one. And a lot of people say, like, oh, my God, I've heard it multiple times. Well, he didn't know what he was doing. But what we understand is this. When you don't know who has supplied you, you can almost fear the gift that he's given you. If I don't know you and you give me a million dollars, I can worry more about losing it than understanding that you actually trusted me with the bread to begin with. We will not be a church that's afraid of losing out. I would much rather us go for it and go for broke but say that we had the guts to try. This is no new energy this morning. This is the same thing that we've been sustaining. We're not going to switch it up. Somebody say we vision. Write this point down. It's number two. We have total control of the church God comes back for. The word of God says that God is coming back. Jesus is coming back, right? And when we've, people have sold their cars, people have taken their lives, people have sold all of their possessions because of like doomsday. Like, oh, God is coming back. But if we read our Bible and somebody say as a mature Christian, we will understand that God is not coming back until every ear has heard. Every eye has seen and everybody has tasted and seen that the Lord is good. So since we know that, that means that if you're going to fulfill purpose, you can't do it broke. Even if you don't got the bread, you can have access to a bank. Like, even if you don't have the money, maybe you have the vision. Another person has the purpose. Another person has the finance. But if we live our lives as a church that's scared, this transition will be the height of what we do. Well, we'll wear all the cool stuff. I'm sorry? We'll wear all. I thought, I thought he was chastising me. That means I can keep going. We'll wear all the cute, pretty stuff. We'll have all the cute hair. We'll come tonight and have church, and we will have no impact. And I refuse. I refuse to be a part of anything that God has his hand on and not ball out of control. Not so I can give my wife pretty things, which will come because it's promised to me and it's my right. But if we can't impact the person across the street, we shouldn't have church on Sunday. God has entrusted us with a portion of his gospel. But God is not coming to earth to teach a sermon. He's not coming to build a church. He's not coming to feed the poor. He has given you a portion of his plan, which is purpose. So if we do not fulfill God's purpose here on earth, we can't blame God. You can't blame God. I'm really not interested in making it to heaven and leaving no impact on earth. I'm really not interested in putting the logo on T-shirts and hats and mugs just so that I can say that I go to the church, but the mug never helped somebody else that couldn't eat. The mug never helped somebody that was struggling with their sexual orientation. The mug was never helping somebody else that couldn't figure out their finances. AWC, we have an opportunity to build trust with God based off of how we steward the portion that he's given us. I really want to make sure that you understand. Tonight's going to be great. There are going to be tears and a whole bunch of words. But it means nothing if the next day that we don't bring the vision back to God and give it back to him. Somebody say yes. Purpose is a piece of God's plan for you. Somebody say fulfill purpose. We have total control of the church that God comes back for. The health of AWC will take investment in work. The amazing thing about today is that we are not having a start over. All we have to do is maintain. If we maintain what God has given us, he'll supply the increase. 
if we stay in the pace that God has led for AWC, and we don't look outside of ourselves trying to keep up with the Joneses because they got five, and AWC, uh, I'm sorry, ABC church because they got two, and another XYZ church because they got 20. If we never appreciate the portion that we get, we'll never get another portion. So today has nothing to do with Martin and Joshua. Today has everything to do with appreciating the purpose that God has given AWC. A pastor without a crowd is an influencer. Only good for social media, one minute clips. But to be a pastor, there has to be people that are called not to me, but to what God wants for the church. And I just need 10 people to raise your hand just so I know who's called to what AWC is about to do this year. Okay, okay, I just, I just want to know. I just want to know. I just, somebody said, I just want to know. Let's jump to verse 19. After somebody say, a long time. After a long time, their master did what? Returned from his trip. And what did he do? He called them to do what? Give an account of what? Stop. How? Not what. Not how much, but how. Which means... That the person that invested heart's posture was right. God didn't ask him where he put the money. He asked him, how did you invest? He didn't care about how much the other man worked. He wanted to know how. How you show up to your job means more than how many hours you work. This room is, this side is still getting warm. Okay. How you invest your time with the people that you love means more than how much time. Did you go to coffee because you wanted to be able to say that you could? Or did you go to coffee because you actually care about the person? Because God is kind of petty. God will look at me personally. Joshua will be like, oh, you want to keep an account of every time I bless you? I'm going to keep an account of every time that you were philanthropic when I asked you. All the opportunities that you had to give. Not because it was how much, but how your heart posture was. Like, don't get it twisted. What we talked about last week. If your heart posture isn't right, you should keep your tithe and your offering. Somebody scream, it's the how. The master comes back and he asks the two to give an account of how they invested, how they worked. But this is the thing. I've heard it taught so many different times that the master didn't have the same expectation of the third and he was hoping that he would fail. But that's not biblical. The way in which we know that's not biblical is because in the word it says their master, which means that even though he gave them different portions, his expectation was the same. It doesn't matter how many butts are in seats. God's expectation of AWC is the same of any other organization, any other person that has a portion of his vision. Look at your neighbor and say, it's the same. It's the same. It's the same. Every minister that's in the room, you might have a different portion of the vision, but the expectation that God has of you is the same. His expectation doesn't change based off of the portion that he gives you. Write this down. God's expectation changes when you are unprepared for the portion that he gives you. We set God's expectation of how we will do in our lives. God doesn't set expectation on us. He expects for all of us to do exceedingly abundantly above. Like, that's what he wants from us. But based off of your track record, God will begin to expect less and less from us. Almost to the point where God, when he wants to do something in the earth, when he wants somebody else to be his hands and feet, he'll pass over Joshua because my track record has more no's than yeses. 
Point number four, AWC, we live as an organization not for what happens on Sunday, but for us to be able to respond if called to help. What does your man of God say? If I am called on to help, that means that God had to pass other people. And now I have an opportunity to say yes. If we change our outlook on how church is done, we won't be worried about how we had good church on Sunday. The only reason why we're here is to push people towards two things. Write these down. Towards their purpose through God. Their purpose through God. AWC, you will not be hearing any sermons about the cross. You will not be hearing any, any sermons about the blood that are in comparison to how good God is. Yes, we're going to talk about the cross, but the cross was a door. Yes, we're going to talk about the blood, but the blood had to come from a sacrifice that never experienced sin. Like, we're not going to reduce the kingdom so that it's palatable to people. We're going to give people the truth so that they can meet a God that actually wants to set an expectation for them that's higher than they could ever imagine. But remember what I said. If you walk in God's grace, he'll give you a pace that you can meet the mark every single time. The Bible is backwards. Nothing that we ever do. Why am I hollering at y'all? Nothing that we ever do. It's out of our own energy. It's not out of our own strength. Because whatever you put a price on, you have to maintain. But I worship a God that never sleeps. I worship a God that doesn't tire. I worship a God that doesn't need money. He has impressed his face on my heart. God has access to everything. God, God doesn't just own a cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the cows. And the fur on the cows and, and the ticks on the fur and like the virus is on the tick and like the amoeba inside of the virus. So I think that God is trying to get us to understand it's not about how much I give you. Can I trust you with how much I give you? God will provide to us based off of how much he trusts us with his resources. Will you be a pipeline of what God wants to get to the other place? Or will you be a storing place so that you can keep up with people that don't care how much you have? Before we get jealous of other people and the lives that they're living, what have we been talking about for the past four weeks? Ask them how much they gave. Let me move on. The one who was given five, he got five more. Double. The one who got two, got two more. Well, the other guy has ten, and the other guy has four. It's not about how much they got. The same multiplication tool that he applied to the guy that had more, he applied to the guy that had less. Do you want more in your storehouse or do you want that multiplier to increase? You'll get it on the way home. The master said, what? Well done. What? My good and faithful servant. Let's break that down. What does good mean? Good means that your heart posture was right when I gave you the money. Faithful means that now I know based off of what you have done, I can give you more and I'm going to receive the same impact. Every time that you get an opportunity to give, every time that you get an opportunity to give tithes and offering, it's not about how much. It's if God can trust that you will practice the principle that we really don't have a choice in giving. Tithing is not an option. Offering is not an option. But the world wants you to believe that it has to do with your money. It has everything to do with your heart. So, I mean, I don't want to change the Bible, but I would like to change some of the words that when the master came back, he actually came back for a heart check. Not, not an account check. 
You can make a lot of money, but money doesn't, it's not a good dictator of your heart posture. Luke 15 is so good that it says that if you're going to be philanthropic, if you're going to give alms to the poor, that your right hand shouldn't know what your left hand is doing. What does that mean, Pastor Joshua? What that means, AWC, is that AWC gives a lot more than you think, but it's not your business where we do it to because it might undignify the person that we're giving to. When you're giving to somebody that doesn't have anything, the only thing that they have left is their dignity. I just want to make sure you know that we're not going to become an organization that gives for the sake of giving to say that we gave. Meeting their need isn't the biggest deal. Meeting their need should push them to the cross where they understand that a God loved them so much that he trusted somebody with a piece of his portion to get what they needed to them. There are people who are struggling in this world right now because you're holding their portion. And they will curse God. God, you're not good. God, you're not faithful. But Joshua was standing in the grocery line and held, and held his, felt his heart prick to pay for her groceries, but I was embarrassed. So now I'm responsible for how she sees God because I wasn't obedient. Do you think that God is going to trust me with more money? Do, do you think? But we had good church. Ooh, that was a word. God doesn't care about the word. He wrote it. He was the one that was there when it was written. What he really wants to understand is what I wrote in this book, the principles, will you actually practice them? As an organization, we will not withhold any portion for a person because they will look at God different. They don't care about AWC. The last prayer that they prayed was, God, if you could make a way, I just need $5 of gas. And your heart got pricked. God, if, if, if you could make a way, I just need somebody to cut my grass this morning. And you got two lawnmowers. When we ask God for more, he doesn't give us more stuff. He gives us more opportunities to fulfill a need. Okay, let, let me move on. Let me move on. I'm over. I'm over. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. The servant who received five bags was not more loved than the one that received two bags, was not more loved than the one that received one. The servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground because he didn't know his master. He didn't know him. AWC, you know Martin. So if you know Martin, that means you know me. Because... Because all of the, all of the good that is in me was the good that was in him and my mother came from the good of these two folks that are sitting here. Came from the good of all of the sisters and the brothers that are sitting on the seat. Came from all the good of our grandparents that I never even had to know. But you can catch the spirit of somebody that you never knew. And, and that spirit of philanthropy came from slaves from our family that were hung from trees and came on slave ships that went all the way back to Africa. But this is the thing. God has entrusted you with the same thing. Where did your family come from? 
Your family were Jews. Your family were what, potato farmers in Germany. Your family was in Russia or France. It doesn't matter where it is because slavery is slavery wherever it is, regardless of the race, the creed, or the culture. So what I'm trying to make sure that all of us are getting today is that who I am isn't because of who I am. It's because of who was there before me. The other two that got five and two could have helped the one that had one. I don't have time. They held a responsibility to teach their younger brother how daddy works. AWC, I take the personal responsibility to help you see Pastor Martin and Linnell correctly. In any and every person that has misinterpreted the vision, I say shame on you. We have the guts to hear from the Holy Spirit when it comes to a good word. But we don't use the same Holy Spirit to interpret the words of our man of God. Shame on you. Shame on you. Your parents could only do as good as they knew. AWC, we have an opportunity where daddy's passing it on, but he's going to live in it with us at the same time. I wanted to teach on something else, Paul and Timothy. I wanted to teach on David and Solomon or, or Moses and Joshua, but I hate all those stories because the father died. Moses got to see what God has promised him, but because of his jacked up heart posture, he couldn't go. Paul talks to Timothy, we're going to talk about it in a second, but he ends up getting his head cut off and he doesn't get to see Timothy actually grow up in this place of Ephesus, which is Ephesians, right? Like, so all of these amazing stories, David talks to Solomon and David dies. He tells Solomon to guard his heart, but then Solomon becomes even one of the worst kings that's in the Bible. So I don't want any more of those stories because that's not transition. Transition has nothing to do with the people, but it has everything to do with their hearts that are bound together. And I promise you, after this day, my heart is bound to you. So my responsibility, AWC, as your pastor, is to introduce you to God. But then I'm supposed to foster your personal relationship with God. The one that got five and the one that got two didn't understand that they had one more responsibility. Yeah, you're supposed to take my money and create trust. Yeah, you're supposed to invest and you're supposed to work. But your brother that's struggling, you're supposed to teach him the ways because you have the ability because I've trusted you with more. So we will not leave the hungry. We will not leave the bleeding. We will not leave the person that's down and out. We will not leave the person that's struggling with their sexual orientation because we cannot expect them to love a God that we do not display. How can we expect people to love a God? And we're worried about if they bring their boyfriend or their girlfriend of the same sex to church. Because freedom in Christ is not heterosexuality. It's relationship with Jesus. Do you hear me? People will trust God not because of the building. But when they see you philanthropic. When they see you forgive. When they see your heart posture change, when they see you lay down when you should stand up, when they see you turn the other cheek when you get slapped, that's what God's looking for, not more churches. What preaches the kingdom louder is your personal relationship with God when you're justified in acting ugly and you act righteous. That's God. The other two had a personal responsibility to teach him. They failed the master. He didn't. I've heard this sermon so many different times, Amari, that the one that got one, that he was evil. But his brothers never taught him. 
if they were servants of the master and they all had the same expectations, that means that when the master was teaching them how to do what to do with the money, they all were there at the same time. I don't know about you, but the best lessons I've ever learned in class came from my peers and not from the instructor. I want you to write this down. AWC, this transition will work if you make the decision to help the person sitting next to you. I can't be best friends with every person. Your man and woman of God can't come to every single person's graduation. We can't come to all the funerals. But if you show up, it means that we did. The reason why the one wasn't trusted was because the other two didn't show up for him. What's the point of creating ambassadors for Christ who only want to represent themselves and not their brother? The name of this church is to represent the brother, the father that people are chastising and throwing away. But you don't know the story. Well, they got divorced and we throw people away because of something that they couldn't control. But God still loves them. Look at your neighbor and say, trust your brother. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling how much? This small amount, which means that he had more. So he wasn't impressed with the 10 because that was his money anyway. Well done, my good and faithful servant. I will give you many more responsibility. And what does he say? Let's celebrate what? Together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, write this down. Please underline it. I knew what? You were a harsh man. When you look at this word knew, the Hebrew actually means self-knowledge. When he says, I knew you as a harsh man, he's actually saying, I assumed that you were harsh. There's nowhere in the scripture where he was actually harsh. He assumed that God was harsh. If we are not appreciative of the portion that God gave us, we can think that he's giving more to other people because he doesn't like us. But a lot of what we feel about God isn't knowledge. It's assumption. Let me get back to the word. I knew you were, I felt, I assumed you were harsh. Harvesting crops you didn't plant. And gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid. Somebody say afraid. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I did what? I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. The worst thing that we could do is give back what we were given the same way we received it. That's the worst thing that we could do. So much, so much worse, the master says you at least could have taken it to the bank and made .00175%. But there's a part in the Bible that I wish was there, and this is just a Joshuaism. I think the master had a conversation with the servant, like Martin had with Joshua, not Pastor Martin, but Daddy, like, like, my, like my pops had with Joshua. Dad, I think that you're harsh. My daddy would ask me, who were you talking to? Who, who, who told you I was harsh? Who, who, who told you that, you that I would give you my money and expect for you to lose? Like who, 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 to, who told you that I was harsh? Like who, who have you been talking to? Because if you think that I'm harsh, that you didn't get that from me because I'm not harsh. So we will have people in church that are biblical schizophrenics because we teach you're a good, good father, but that God doesn't trust you. So the worship, which is the only part that God really cares about, 
That's all he cares about. You worship so that your heart is broken to receive the word. But the worship is the only offering, sacrifice that goes to God. Join us for our uh, altars, our worship sermon. We're going to take care of all of that in the next month. Everybody clap once. Here we go. Worship is great. We sing all these songs, but our heart posture doesn't match what's coming out of our mouth. So we think that God is harsh, but God's trying to read your heart through what you said. You said you trust me, but you don't tithe. You say, I'm a good, good father, but when I tell you to do X, Y, and Z, you hesitate. So we'll think that God is harsh. God, I'm praying for my opportunities. God, why didn't I get into the program? And God is looking at the track record of how many times was I able to come to you with something that scared you, but you trusted me anyway. AWC, this is terrifying. This is scary. JG talked about it yesterday. There's a difference between knowing you need to start over and carrying it on. And I, I'm, I'm going to put my hat in the ring. The, the, the carrying on is a lot tougher than starting. I, I mean, I don't know. So I'm, that's just a theory. But it's always more difficult when you do it by yourself. I will fail if you don't do your part. Our children's ministry needs teachers. Our parking lot ministry needs men. Well, women can do the same thing. It's different. Don't play with me. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. We need sound technicians. We need, we need our worship experience to look multi-church, ethnic, cultural. Like, like, but guess what? There's no natural serve fairy that goes to churches in need and goes, what you need is there. It takes people that take the personal commitment to connect their why, not to the man of God, not to the aesthetic, not to how amazingly they like the songs that are sung on Sunday morning. They take their why and they connect it to the vision. And that's what they look at. So when the pastor messes up, that doesn't cause them to run from the church. Y'all still warming up. I'm going to go over here again. Because then that means that your trust was in a man and not in God. Write this down. The vision of AWC came from God to Martin. Not from Martin's heart to God. It wasn't his. He was given a, somebody say, portion. AWC will thrive not because it grows. It'll thrive because you grow. If you grow, it becomes contagious. And people will say like they did in the Old Testament. Like, who did you see? Well, let me take you to a man. The worst thing that we could do is give back to God what he gave us the same way. The master replied, you wicked and what? Lazy servant. Not, it's not enough that you're carnal, but you are also okay with being carnal. There's a difference. It's not, it's not enough that you will disobey me. It actually fills your cup. It's not enough that you disobey me. You actually get joy from. So why would I come to you with a business idea? For broken women in North Omaha when you're broken. Like, why would I, why would I do that? Look at your neighbor and say, get whole. get whole. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit the money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Write this point down. Succession always follows submission. The level of success that you see in my life personally 
It's because of three individuals, five individuals, people over here that are part of my dad's network that I have taken my life and submitted to. Submitting means you take everything that you are and you give it in hopes that when they give it back, it will be better than what you got, what you gave them. But if we don't submit to the process, AWC, tonight will just be fanfare. And you'll come to hear really cool sermons and the church will grow, but the people won't be any different. Our devotion here will determine our success there. If we submit to the principle God has, no, he has no choice but to honor our productivity. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, read this with me, even more will be given. And they will have what? An abundance. What you're given, you use for God. The abundance is what you consume. You don't eat your seed. That's the gift. You plant the seed, grow a harvest, sell the bread, and what you make from selling the bread, that's abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now, throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's my last point. The reward of stewardship is the opportunity to pass it on. The reward of stewardship isn't the baton. It's now, I don't have a responsibility to hold the baton. I have a responsibility to start planning to pass it on now. Because the minute you grasp your hands around the vision, God cuts off provision. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 2. My dear son, somebody say one. Be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard my teaching. Somebody say two. Teaching, teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Somebody say three. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people. Somebody say four. Who will be able to pass them on to others. Somebody say five. When Paul's talking to Timothy, he sets out succession. Paul says, Timothy, you've heard me. That's one. Timothy, now that you've heard me, you should commit these truths to reliable witnesses. That's three. And now those witnesses should talk to other trustworthy people. That's four. And those people will be able to pass it on to what? Others. Five. AWC, tonight is not my leg of the race. It's our leg of the race. So there's a couple of things we ain't going to do. I'm going to tell you how my mama say, what we ain't going to do. We're not going to speed up. If we speed up, we'll get growth, but we'll leave people that are limping. We'll, we'll leave people that are bleeding. If God tells us to stop ministry, we will stop so that people can heal. What we are not going to do is turn people away that left in the process because they didn't know what was going on. Your brothers and sisters are going to see how healthy you are. And I refuse to make it uncomfortable for people that left not to come back home. Some might say, what we not going to do? We're not going to teach religion. The word of God says to teach the truth. Teach these truths 
There's only one truth, and if it's not the kingdom, it's garbage. That's what Pastor Martin says. So every message you will hear, something that pricks your heart to get your life right. Every Sunday, you will hear a principle that you have to practice, but you will always, always be encouraged to live your life to what God has set for you. Somebody say, well, we ain't going to do. We will not be prideful. There's a growth that's coming. I I feel it in my bones. I know that we will grow. But we will not be prideful of what God gives us. I think AWC, we got to figure out if we're going to let this thing fall. We taught a message and uh, talk of war. And uh, Pastor Martin uh, and myself, we... uh, he talked about the struggle, and he had a piece of rope, and, like, there was tension in between the rope. And a lot of people, when they see you struggle in your family, they can think that it's over. But the struggle's necessary. Because when there's tension in the family, the vision gets picked up off the ground. But after today, it's not just he and I that have to carry this thing. Every single one of you has a piece of this. You get to struggle with us. You you, you, you get to share the uncomfortability of how homelessness is happening in Omaha. After today, I refuse for that to be the only thing that keeps me up. I pray it keeps some of y'all up too. To carry this vision doesn't mean that we just carry the baton and we get the trophy. We got to all be sore sometimes. We're going to all be a little bit tired sometimes. But I just want to know, by a standing of your feet, how many of you are committed to help the vision stay off the ground? And and there's no, there's no, there's there's no judgment. I I believe if you stay here long enough, the bug will bite you, so don't worry about it. This is it. You want to know what you can give me for this transition? People have been asking me, what do you want for, uh, for a transition gift? You know what I want? Keep bringing it down. You, you know what I want? You know what I want? I want you to trust us with your families. Trust us with your children. Bring them to middle school. Bring them to high school. Sign up for a small group. If your marriage is struggling, don't feel some type of way. Bring it to the church. If you're struggling, like, there are resources. If you're dealing with mental health, yes, we need to pray, but sometimes we need to apply some practical medicine to what's going on mentally. Like, but this is the thing. You get all of those things as a benefit of carrying this. If you want to receive the benefits of where AWC is going, you got to join what we're doing. Tonight we get to celebrate a legacy, and a future. And by you standing, you're not just telling me, but you're telling God that AWC will be successful because you're willing to do your part.